think the biggest thing that I explained to them is that a therapy dog is, she's my pet. She's my dog who is also trained to provide um, therapy or provide comfort uh, to people so that you can, you know, pet her. And that's actually what her job is, is to be there to make you smile. Hello, and welcome back to You Need a Counselor podcast. My name is Julie Johnson. I'm the president and founder here at Heart and Solutions. We're a counseling agency here in Iowa. Uh, We are still doing telehealth sessions and in-office sessions for outpatient mental health therapy and for in-home behavioral health counseling. And I'm Krista Hunt. I am the vice president in charge of the BHIS department at Heart and Solutions. So BHIS stands for Behavioral Health Intervention Services. And that's the program where we go in home and work with children four through 18 on different behavioral skills. And we can also see clients at school, in the office, or telehealth right now as well. And this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. So we are designed for people curious about counseling, but have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. So we post on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Central. There's almost always a new episode uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So we welcome everybody to join us in putting away your laundry or meal prepping your week or uh, take the dogs out for a walk, right? Do whatever, or give them a bath and brush <laughs> out their mats or whatever it is that's unpleasant that you don't want to do. Go ahead and save that all for Sunday night. And that way you can put on that week's episode. Uh, that gives you that entire week to get in touch with your counselor, to get in touch with our guest uh, and get yourself set up right for the week. All right, so we've got three special guests this week. Uh, so we're very, very excited to welcome Kristen and Emma and Becker uh, to the show today. So I'm going to introduce you guys a little bit to Kristen and Emma. Um, so Kristen is an orthopedic surgeon uh, in the Davenport area, and she specializes on uh, working in sports as a team uh, physician as well. So uh, very, very interesting work that you do, but you not only do it uh, yourself, but you involve our second guest, who is Becker, um, who may be making an appearance on video. Uh, she was very, very curious as to what was happening earlier. So <laughs> I know she that knows. we'll be seeing her. There she is. She's got a cheesy snack. I'm a little jealous. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And then we've got a familiar face uh, on as well this week. We've got Emma Morgan. Um, So Emma is clinical director at Heart and Solutions Davenport office um, and also is a uh, facilitator at the Gilda's Club um, doing uh, group support uh, for those affected by cancer or who are supporting those affected by cancer. Um, So if you're not familiar with the Gilda's Club uh, in the Quad Cities, go ahead and uh, check out our other episode where Emma tells you all about the Gilda's Club as well and the group work there. So Becker is a therapy dog. And we are really, really interested to hear the difference here because people get really confused about what is a therapy dog? What is a service dog? What is a comfort animal? Um, So Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about Becker and how you guys started working together? 
So Becker is an almost three-year-old Great Dane who I've had since she was eight weeks old. And um, I try to take her everywhere with me because it was her and I exploring Iowa when I had just moved here. And with my role as a physician, I work at one of the local hospitals and I actually saw an advertisement for a caring canine program where they use therapy dogs in the hospital setting and some other other facilities. And it was kind of an outreach and asking if you're interested in this, this is how you do it. So I, in the last year, um, looked that back up because COVID had shut it down when Becker was finally of age, because uh, you have to be a year old to do it. And looked it back up and said, you know what, Becker, I think she'd be great for this. She had been to multiple venues with people. She um, comes with me to the hockey games where I'm team physician for the Quad City Storm. So she comes to the games and loves it. Um, so we did the certification to become a registered therapy dog um, and then join the Caring Canines program through Unity Point. That's so cool. How did you uh, know that Becker would enjoy this or or want to do this? It sounds like you you kind of tried out some things along the way. And what were you looking for in those experiences? So part of it was, is seeing that, is she interested? Does she look happy? Does she look excited? Um, when we're out in public and meeting people, um, I think she's actually more of a person dog than a dog dog. Um, she gets more excited to go up and meet everyone at the dog park than the other dogs sometimes. Um, and she truly, especially loves children. Um, we have a lot of kids in my neighborhood and if she hears them, her head turns and she's like, how can I go see them? Um, so the biggest thing is when we tried the different experiences was seeing, does she seem comfortable? Is she relaxed? And is she happy? Um, and she definitely fit all of those criteria. Uh, in fact, if you pull out her vest for us to go to the hospital, she literally just starts wiggling like one of Emma's oh. Australian shepherds um, <laughs> in excitement. And literally she thinks it's her job and she can't wait to do it. Wow. I, I love that. And, and it is her job. Uh, and, and, uh, with, with certified therapy animals, it really does need to be treated as a job in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Um, because there's, there's playing with your animal and having your pet. And then there's, there's the work that that, uh, animal is assisting you with. What are some of those things that maybe changed after you guys went through the process, um, in terms of the things that you guys did, because she does have this important job now. Well, so because she's a great Dane and she's actually about my size um, and will probably be a little bit bigger than me when she finishes growing, we had done an extensive amount of obedience training. And so she had really good um, kind of obedience for simple commands in that. And it's something that we have to, uh, we reinforce and do training sessions on a weekly basis. Um, and part of the other thing that you have to work on is so she is definitely a, a kisser and loves to kiss. And so if you come down to her, she wants to give you a big, nice lick on the face. And that's something that we actually are not supposed to do uh, as a therapy dog. Um, and she doesn't jump as much as some other dog breeds, but she does like to put a paw up to say, hey, I'm right here if you need me. And it's something that we have to work on to make sure she's not doing um, since she could easily injure someone who's smaller or fragile. And so those are just little things that we remind her when we're in a work setting um, which I try to use a certain collar or leash or her vest as her indication that we're in a work setting, um, that she has to act a certain way and make sure she maintains those and then gets to know when it's playtime. 
Very cool. So she knows when she's kind of there to to do work and she uh, and she knows like, oh, I don't want to give kisses right now. <laughs> and then when I get home, that's when I can jump and, and run and, and give kisses and all of that. Uh, I, I love that because, you know, these are natural uh, ways that she's communicating with the people around her that, hey, I'm here to support you or I love you. Um, and having to uh change some of those behaviors in the work setting. That's a lot of work, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, Emma, you have been bringing Becker with you um, to the office to do therapy sessions as well. Tell us a little bit about how that's been going. Yeah, it's really good. The um, the kids love to see her and she loves to see them. Like Kristen said, she can always tell when there's kids around and she can hear them. And she's always so excited to go out to the waiting room and bring the kid back to our office. Um, and so then she... She typically lays on the floor because I see a lot of little kids. So sometimes, a lot of times, she's bigger than they are. Um, so, um, but yeah, she'll lay on the floor with them. Um, a lot of kids will show her the toys they're playing with. And um, she's just kind of there as a support um, for them throughout our session. Yeah, I, I love that you guys, uh, you know, when you were looking at Becker and considering, hey, let's let's maybe... Uh, have her come join these things you guys put so much importance and value on is she comfortable and what does she like and uh is she going to enjoy this or is this going to be you know stressful to her um and what I love about that is I mean you guys have been able to to uh do these specialty things so that she does she is around children and so that she is working a schedule that isn't going to exhaust her um or stress her out and i think that is that's so important and it comes through in uh you know all of the things that you guys share about your work with her is that uh is how much you care about her um as she's doing these things so what are some of the things, uh, Kristen, when you're taking uh, Becker through to the hospital or taking her places, what are some of the things that uh, that people like to experience with her? What are some things that she does with them? So I think the most people love to pet her. And truthfully, they love to ask questions um, about her size and kind of mm -hmm. what kind of dog she is, because she is being a giant breed um, with having experienced other therapy dogs. They're not as common. And so... Um, people love to ask how old is she, uh, what kind of dog is she? And then, you know, the easiest way to explain it is Scooby-Doo and Marmaduke are actually great things. And so she's the same breed as them. Um, and the biggest thing is, uh, I think my favorite that I've experienced with her so far in the hospital setting is we saw, um, a little kiddo had been in the hospital for multiple days for, um, an acute stomach issue and Becker went in and literally started watching television with him. And his parents said that was the first time he had smiled in days. Um, and it's just the little cues that she picks up on. Um, she met a literally two day old newborn and you could tell she's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? This is a very small child. I'm very excited, um, but I know I have to be careful. And so just seeing her have those and kind of awareness is just, you know, I think that's a really um, unique feature that Becker has. That is a really fun to experience from my side as one of the handlers. Absolutely. There, there are things that you can kind of 
train and work on behaviorally, but then there are these pieces of what she does for the people that are around her that you you can't train into an animal. These are instincts of, you know, I, I like being around this, but I like when this person seems calm. I like when this person seems happy. How do I do that? Right? How do I, how do I make that happen? Oh, when I wag my tail or when I lay on the floor, they seem like they like that. Um, and these are things that you, you, I would imagine, and I don't know anything about training animals, but that it, it would be almost impossible to train those kinds of instincts that Becker's showing into an animal. Wow. So what was that um, that process like, Emma, when, when you started bringing her into the office and clients started seeing her? Um, and, and to describe her now, how tall is she, Kristen? So she is just about 32 inches at the top of her shoulder. So if you add her head and neck, um, she's probably closer to 40, 42 inches. Absolutely. So she is a gentle giant. Uh, (laughs) And and so when she comes through, and so what was that like, Emma, introducing her uh, to your clients? Because you had clients you had seen for a long time without Becker. And then uh, Becker joins the therapy sessions. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, overall, it was really good. Um, when she when Becker first started coming on Fridays, I had I think almost all of my clients on Fridays were littles. So they were like five and younger. So that was definitely, I think, an adjustment for Becker as well. You know, she's used to kids, but all very small kids. <laughs> um, bigger, like she's bigger than them. Um, so but it went really well. She adjusted really well. And it's interesting to see the way she interacts with like teenagers versus four or five-year-olds. The teenagers, she kind of just hangs out there with them. Um, But the little kids, she's more, not interactive, but she pays more attention. And she watches them play. And like I said earlier, she there's a couple of kids that I have that will literally get a toy out and like show it to Becker and then build, like if he's building a tower or something, he'll pick up a block, show it to Becker and put it on the tower. And so just um, seeing how in her, or like paying more attention she is to the younger kids. Love that. An animal is the ultimate in acceptance (laughs) when when we say something or show an animal something uh like a block that I'm gonna put on my tower there's no fear that that animal is gonna say well you should put it on this other tower or why did you pick that block right Mm -hmm. or anything it's just yep Becker sees that this is the block that I picked and this is the tower that I'm putting it on. And she's very interested and excited for me. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that ultimate pure acceptance um, is something that, gosh, as counselors, we, we strive for, we are constantly working towards, right? But are we ever going to do it as perfectly and as purely, right, as as a dog does? Um, and so how cool to be able to have children experience that in their sessions, to be able to share something and then have have nothing but acceptance and uh, an excitement over anything that that child shares. It's beautiful. And uh, so what does Becker do? I know you talked about how Becker uh, interacts with the younger ones and is very (laughs) interested. Um, What about with adults? How does Becker 
tend to act with adults and do you do you have any adults that interact with Becker? I don't have any adult clients that I see on the days that Becker is there. Um, so, she, I mean, she sees the client's parents and she's always excited to see them. There's certain ones that I see every Friday. So she knows to expect them um, at some point. And then there's some that I'll see them every once in a while on a Friday. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So then when Becker sees them again, you can definitely tell she recognizes them and is excited to see them again. Um, but as far as clients in my office for 45 or 60 minutes, adults, I don't have those with her. How cool that, um, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of our discussion about Gilda's Club, actually, where, uh, you know, family members of group members, right, are still gaining that benefit um, and that support and uh, and how family members of Becker's clients, they're your clients, but they're Becker's <laughs> clients, um, how those family members also are getting that, I mean, what better welcome, right, <laughs> than a dog that's excited to see you and recognizes you and, and building yeah, that relationship. Yeah. yeah, building that relationship over time of like, yeah, when I first came in, the dog was kind of excited to see, but now it's like, oh, they're excited to see me, right? And mm-hmm. that that is such a different experience. I love that. I love that. So Kristen, tell me about the training process and the certification process. What were some of the things that Becker had to had to do and demonstrate in order to become uh, certified? So part of, so we did the Alliance of Therapy Dog or ATD is the certification that she has. And for that program, you have to have um, at least a six week baseline um, basic obedience training that's been completed and passed. And so Becker actually had done a three week board and train where she stayed with my trainer for three weeks. And then we did um, one-on-one sessions for six weeks following that to make pretty much train the human. Um, so you have to have that underlying, and then you do testing, um, with there's testers, testers and observers, what they're called, um, with ATD that are certified. And I use the ones who do them primarily in the hospital setting, because that's what initially, uh, my main focus is going to be with her. And so you have to do, you get four opportunities to pass three tests. And part of that is, is having her walk properly on a leash and listen, um, not supposed to be pulling on the leash. And so they have to listen to kind of a heel command, um, have to be able to go different paces and still maintain that. Um, being able to stay calm enough and at your side, if you stop, that they're not roaming or going off um, and being comfortable and not having kind of uh, a, a freak out or a scare from loud noises of or wheelchairs and oxygen tanks and the big lunch carts being rolled down the hallway, making sure that the dog isn't stressed in addition to still being able to follow commands. And then on top of that, having appropriate interactions with other humans. Um, so, it, you know, we, they test us in a variety of sites so that we see them in, in the rooms, in the lobbies, um, kind of walking through the hallways with staff, with um, patients and their families and everyone. And then, you know, one of the other things with it, when you have a therapy dog who's working um, is there's, you're not supposed to interact with other dogs. And so you're, you have to be able to maintain um, two feet between your dog and other dogs, uh, which is just part of the making sure that they stay focused on their duty. And so um, Becker was able to pass her three tests um, with the first three. We did not have to do the fourth one. Um, and then that's when she certified is when uh, Emma had uh, 
reached out and said, well, what are, you, what are thoughts about maybe having me test with her and being able to use her in the setting with Heart and Solutions? That sounds hard. <laughs> a lot of steps. That's a lot. And I love that there, it sounds like these tests or observations, they're in real time mm -hmm. setting. This is like, there are going to be loud noises. There are going to be children and adults and other people and potentially other dogs going around. And, uh, and so they were able to observe you guys together. And I, I love that there's the that the obedience training part I mean I know you guys had already done some of that but yep. it's the shorter end of the <laughs> yeah. of the training right it's more yep. about it sounds like the focus was really on both of you together mm -hmm. and knowing that you know she understood you and that you understood her cues she understood your cues um and that you both had the same understanding of what the what the task was that you were trying to yeah. accomplish um and so I think that that's that's really, really beautiful because uh, it it reminds me of working with families uh, and how, you know, sometimes we will get uh, referrals to work with children who have certain behaviors um, and how important that family dynamic and that family relationship can be um, when we're talking about uh, a child's behaviors. And so with a dog, the way that um, a therapy dog or otherwise behaves does have so much to do with us as the handler and how we are uh, behaving and giving those cues clearly, right? And making sure yep. that she understands. So um, that that is very, very cool. And I love that it's direct observation in real settings. So how can somebody, so I know with service dogs, you're not supposed to pet a service dog, right? When a service yep. dog is in their vest. How do people differentiate and do people get confused when they see Becker in her vest as a therapy dog? Yeah, so interesting enough, I will say probably every time we've gone to the hospital, um, I've been asked if she's a service dog um, and a lot of people you can see are like really excited to see her, but don't know that you can reach out and pet her. And so I think the biggest thing that I explained to them is that a therapy dog is, she's my pet. She's my dog who is also trained to provide, um, therapy or provide comfort, uh, to people so that you can, you know, pet her. And that's actually what her job is, is to be there to make you smile. Um, versus an actual service dog is someone who has been trained specifically for one activity, um, they have one job that they're supposed to do to provide a service to their handler. And so that is a very, that is a strict, my job is for my handler. Um, I'm providing one thing, whether it's, you know, a leading, um, leading dog for the blind, whether it's a dog that can respond to low glucose levels and a diabetic um, versus alert for seizures versus with Becker, it's her job is to everyone um, and just to provide comfort if someone uh, needs to smile or laugh at a goofy looking dog who has gigantic ears and overexcited trotting down the hallway because that's what she'll do. Um, that's her job is to the multiple. And I think that's the big difference. And so, you know, usually as soon as I say, yeah, if you want, would like to, you can come up and pet her or we can come to you is that's when we get the, the mass hordes of, of people in the hallways or lobbies when we're at the hospital. 
Oh, absolutely. I imagine she draws quite a crowd <laughs> once people kind of break that ice and know that they're allowed. Um, but I also love that people are are respectful when they first approach you guys as well, um, because there there can be confusion mm -hmm. over is this a is this a dog that I can pet? Is this a dog that's here to do something for you? Um, so I, I love that people are respectful and also that uh, I love that description of her job. Her job. <laughs> Yeah. She is doing one job. It's just for multiple people. And that's to be support, right? To be fun, to bring that atmosphere of joy um, wherever she's going. And that is her job. And that is serious work uh, and very important work. So I love that. And so Emma, you so Becker was already certified as a therapy dog. And then you went through a whole process as well, because I think there is sometimes confusion as in terms of, okay, well, a therapy dog is a therapy dog, but that's not the case, right? It, the handler, the person is also an extremely important part of that equation. So what was that experience like for you? Tell us about everything you uh, went through as well to get certified with her. Yeah. So Becker and I had to do the same testing that Kristen and her had to do. Um, it was more so... I think my test and observation, because the lady that was observing us is the same person that observed um, Kristen and Becker. She just needed to make sure that I could also handle Becker and Becker would listen to me. And truthfully, I think we kind of surprised her about how well Becker would listen to me since, you know, she's not my dog. We don't live together, um, but I've known her for what, like two and a half, essentially almost her whole life as well. Um, Kristen and I have been friends and our dogs have played together. <laughs> so um, Becker and I had a really good relationship already. I think it was a couple weeks of me picking her up um, one morning and going to PetSmart and Lowe's and Home Depot and other places where she was allowed and we could, you know, work and make sure she would listen to me when I say heal or sit or down or whatever, whatever command it might be and that she trusted me to keep her safe as well. So after we felt that we were in a good spot to start those observations, I contacted um the observer and I did the same three um, observations that Kristen had to do at the same hospital, I'm pretty sure, um, and had the same scenarios of in the lobby, in the hallway, in patients' rooms, different things like that. You said something that, that really, really stood out and you talked about Becker being able to trust you to keep her safe. Um, and it, it really stands out and goes, uh, along with, you know, what Kristen has talked about too, about I want to make sure that Becker is comfortable. What are some of the ways that you guys, uh, you know, build that trust um, where Becker can trust? Because, you know, Kristen's her owner, but you're like her aunt, right? And so, <laughs> and so what are some of those ways that you guys build up that trust so that she knows that if there's a scary noise, Emma's here and I'm going to be okay. I mean, I think one of the biggest ways that I got Becker to trust me was I started taking her to get pup cups before work. Um, <laughs> a good way to do that. That would work um, on me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, 
we get in the car, I pick her up at Kristen's and I ask Becker where we're going for coffee and a pup cup that morning. <laughs> um, it usually is Starbucks. Sometimes we'll mix it up and go someplace else. Um, but no, I think just having known Becker for so long and already really already having that relationship with her, um, it wasn't it wasn't hard to get at the point of her listening to me very easily and trusting me. Um, I can think of a couple of times in either like Lowe's or Home Depot, one of those where there was a big noise and Becker's not the biggest fan of things that sound like fireworks. Um, So (laughs) just being able to stop with her in the middle of the aisle and having her get in a position that she was comfortable with and just giving her pets and telling her she was a good girl and that it was going to be okay. And she realized, you know, the sound didn't happen again. Like we were good on it. So just things like that. Uh, those are such important experiences, right? To uh, to go through something scary together where there's a loud noise and we're in an unfamiliar store and what's happening. And then for her to have the experience of coming out the other side of that safe and unharmed and feeling secure and knowing that you're there um, because then the next loud noise is, is going to be less scary because she's got that experience to draw from and animals are, are so instinct based. They learn so quickly based on those previous experiences. Um, And so they might not think, oh, well, last time I was in this hardware store, right? (laughs) But but that, that experience she's going to have is going to be different each time you build up that trust. Um, and that that is so beautiful. And Kristen, were there, so when Emma started training with Becker and, and started learning all those same commands, were there any things that you guys did differently? Um, or were there things that you guys needed to practice so that there was that consistency um, between the two of you? The, I think the biggest thing is, is, so um, Emma's dogs and my dogs are trained on slightly different commands for the same activity. And so remembering um, and just making sure that she knew which ones for Becker, because Becker is definitely, Great Danes are very stubborn um, and they actually are, they can be pretty hard to train. Um, like Becker does not do a great sit. She'll go and lay down, but her rebellion is she doesn't actually like the sitting position as much. And part of it is with Great Danes, their tails are so large. Um, and thick, they, their butt never actually is on the ground. So it's not a super comfortable position for them. Um, but making sure that we had those, cause she definitely, and she loves couches and she thinks she gets to own all of them. And so uh, maybe reminding her that Emma's chair is Emma's chair and not for Becker necessarily. <laughs> um, and so just reinforcing, like if she has, if she's kind of being a little uh, finicky, um, I'll try to reinforce some of her training in between the, her sessions with Emma um, in the off weeks, just to make sure that she, re- she gentle reminder that this is what you're supposed to be doing Becker, And this is how you're supposed to act. And so I think part of it is, is having Emma and I have really good communication. I mean, like she said, our dogs hang out a couple times a week. Um, and so having the, us being able to communicate well helps us each communicate with Becker, um, so that we can make sure that she's doing what she needs to, and also is enjoying the experience. Absolutely. It's like you're co-parenting, right? You're establishing <laughs> these are the rules and these are the expectations and this is how we communicate it. And it's the same whether I'm at work with Kristen or I'm at work with yeah. Emma. <laughs> so yeah, and that communication, so important. Uh, and, you know, these are things I wouldn't 
think about, you know, when I think about a therapy dog or uh, all of the things that go into it. And I think that there is some confusion about that because it, it seems sometimes from the outside without hearing about all the training, right? There can be this idea that like, oh, well, a dog is a dog and you just bring the dog in, right? And that's what it is. And there's so much that goes into this. Um, So much training on the dog's end, but so much training for you guys Mm -hmm. that goes into it. And it sounds like it's a constant process of just, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, we did the training and now we're done. It's a continual maintenance and reinforcement and communication about all of those things all the time but it sounds like it is well worth it uh when you get to see the impact that becker has on the people that she interacts with 100 percent yeah uh for you what's what's been the uh so Kristen bringing her into the hospital i mean uh what impact has that had on on you and your work um, being able to bring her in there and, and share her with the people in the hospital? The, for me, it's, you know, part of why I did this also, in addition to seeing the ad in the elevator when I was rounding on a weekend, was, you know, when I drive down the street and my dog's head is poking out of our Jeep window, is people, like, they point, they take pictures, they smile, um, just being able to, you know, make people happy, um, and then being able to do that in a setting where, you know, usually if I'm seeing you in a hospital, it's not because you're happy, it's because something's wrong. And so getting to go in and just make people happy is, is really rewarding. Um, and it, you know, it's, it, it being able to make people smile. And she does that for me every day, um, along with her brother who may have made a slight appearance on screen. Um, I, you know, being able to share her with others, especially those who are in really stressful situations has been, you know, it's a big blessing as a physician, my, you know, my goal in life is to help people. And this is a different way that I can do it. Um, and I, we plan to do it until she is, she tells us she doesn't want to do it anymore. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're helping people all the time with your orthopedic work, but sometimes helping doesn't feel good or doesn't feel right as fun. Um, and what a great way to be able to bring, bring that joy, um, into it as well and help in, in a totally different way, uh, for, for maybe sometimes the same patients. That's, that's amazing. So Emma, how has that experience impacted you as a therapist? Yeah, I think it's a really, having her is a really great addition for a lot of um, my kids. They all enjoy seeing her. And I just, I have to share this little bit of um, one client who always, I've been seeing him for about two years now, and he always calls me my Emma. He he doesn't just say Emma, it's my Mm -hmm. Emma. Um, I think it was like three weeks ago now. I think it was like two times ago when Becker was here. His mom shared that it's not just Becker anymore. It's my Becker. So it's my Emma and my Becker. So they knew he asked his mom on the way to session, is my Becker going to be there today? Um, So she's clearly having an impact on my clients as well. And I think it's just amazing to see how excited they are and how excited she is too to come to work. Oh, how beautiful. Those relationships. Uh, it's its just so important. And, you know, as humans, I think relating with other humans is difficult. It is challenging uh, to relate with other humans. And especially if we've had uh, trauma in our lives, right? If we've had relationships that, it, that 
we've had pain or painful experiences, it, it makes it that much more difficult to build those trusting relationships with other people. Um, and when we bring a dog into the mix, it really uh, can kind of bridge those relationships and, and allow those relationships to, um, to build quicker, uh, and, and have more fun while you're doing it as well. Right. So, uh, I love that, that feeling of, um, you know, we're with Kristen saying, I love Becker, but I'm, she's got more to give. I'm going to keep, I'm going to do all of this work so that she can share, all of these uh, gifts that she has to give to other people. Um, and Emma as well, being able to to share Becca with her clients and then clients going, yeah, that is my, you know, that's my friend. That's my dog. Um, it's it, That's just a beautiful thing to see, just spreading uh, Becker's light all over, all over the Quad Cities. <laughs> so, I love that. Very, very beautiful. Um, so, when people think of an emotional support animal, can you tell us just the difference between, because uh, so we talked about the differences between a therapy animal and a uh, and a service animal that's trained to do one thing, a therapy animal that's trained to be in situations and, and uh, spread joy to multiple people at one time, um, and then comfort animals. And I think sometimes there's confusion between the three. Can you help us understand what the difference is between those? So like I had explained before, kind of what a therapy dog versus service dog is, the emotional support animals, again, um, like therapy dogs, they are just pets, um, but their role is with their owner and being able to kind of be an um, anxiety dissipating a solution in, in different situations, whether, you know, um, I think one of the big ones that when these were, when people first started utilizing emotional support dogs was on plane rides, because so many people have really bad anxiety for flying. Um, so we'd, you'd see them there a lot. Um, and then kind of, uh, if there is kind of the fear or phobias being out in public, um, is when people would utilize an emotional support dog to kind of help them through situations where they otherwise um, could have a large reaction or um, anxiety, you know, anxiety um, and such. So an emotional support animal would be one that's trained to do that for their owner. So it, kind of what Becker is doing for everybody, an emotional support animal would be one that's trained to do that for their owner. So so kind of a mix between the two, if, they, if they're trained mm -hmm. as a support animal, or as a, sorry, as a service animal, um, but the the task that they're trained to do instead of detecting low glucose would be uh, to help with anxiety for, for the individual. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction because it, I think it gets very confusing yeah. for people. So. And I yeah. think the other big thing is with emotional support dogs, they actually don't have the same obedience training requirements or certification. Um, so it really is more of like, this is my pet who I have a condition that can cause me to have anxiety or provoke certain reactions. And um, we have found that having my animal helps prevent that instead of medication, essentially. Okay. And they, so they might not necessarily go through all of the training Correct. that, Correct. that they would if as a service dog or uh, as therapy dog. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's so important for, for everybody to know, you know, how much goes into that, because I think that knowing about how much training and, and kind of like testing and observation you guys went through also helps people to kind of trust that therapy animal um, as well, because there are people who don't like animals. There are people mm-hmm. who are afraid of animals. Um, but knowing that, okay, but this is an animal. This is not some animal off the street. <laughs> this is an animal who has been, who has been specifically trained and who has been specifically, uh, has been tested and observed and their handler has been tested and observed and trained. Um, it, it can, I would think would help build some confidence uh, for people who might be like, oh, I don't know about animals, right? Or I've, I've had a bad experience with an animal um, to be able to get some of those benefits that, you know, a lot of us experience when we're around a dog and, and help overcome maybe some of those fears or, or worries as well. Do you ever find people um, are nervous or, or hesitant about interacting with her? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's a hundred pounds and pretty tall and she's pretty athletic. So she, she, she's built. Um, And so if someone is a little nervous or hasn't had a a lot of experience around dogs, um, they're, they can be very nervous around her. And so, you know, it, part of it is, is I leave it up to Becker and I leave it up to that person and say, if you want to, you can come up and pet her. Um, just, you know, the least sensitive area is actually around their shoulders. And so that's one of the safest places, the pet first, if you're nervous, um, cause if you go to the head, they're more likely to move or react. And so if someone's nervous, we have them just start near the shoulders and kind of, you feel her soft fur and see that, Hey, you know what? She didn't turn around and bite me. She didn't re- react. Um, and then usually they start, they'll, you know, they'll start to smile and try to interact more and you get a lot more comfortable around her. I love that. That's such good information. I never would have thought of that. And I think when I go to pet a dog, I usually go for the ears. <laughs> so <laughs> I probably need to uh, to rethink that as well. I think that's great information. Um, so the shoulders and I know like with a horse, you want to go like on the side, right? Yep. And not towards the back and not towards the front. So uh, very similar there. And that is excellent information. So if you're ever on the fence about interacting with a therapy dog, um, I think that's great advice that it is up to you how much you interact with the dog. If you just want to like sit and wave at the dog, or if you want to like just watch the dog interact with other people, that is great. And there are benefits that people can experience, even if they never touch the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's wonderful for people to know that they're in charge of how much they interact with that animal um, and that they are uh, able to experience those benefits no matter how much they interact. So Emma, if you could give a suggestion to somebody who might be on the fence about starting counseling with an animal, what suggestion might you give that person? Yeah, just, I mean, trying it out. If you're comfortable around dogs in general, and you, especially if you already have a relationship with a therapist, um, so just try it. I, you know, all of my clients that come for the, um, come on a Friday when Becker's here, you know, just letting them know, like, 
it's 45 minutes. If we don't like it, then we don't have to schedule on that day again. Um, I'm very upfront with all of my clients about when Becker will be here, when she won't be here. Um, so they, they know what to expect. Um, I think there was a day something happened and it was a day she was supposed to be here, but she ended up not being here. I texted all of them. So they knew, like, don't get disappointed when she's not here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just me today. Um, <laughs> so just being really upfront with them, just knowing that just because we schedule on a Friday when Becker is here once doesn't mean we ha always have to do it. Um, so just, just try it. it. You could like it and then you could also not, and that's okay. Love that. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of choice in any of these services and uh, a lot of choice for anybody who's interacting with Becker and then a lot of choice for Becker as well. Uh, I loved Kristen when you said, you know, we're, we're going to do it for as long as she wants to, like <laughs> when she'll let us know when she does it and then we won't do it anymore. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I just think that's beautiful. Um, all of the autonomy that you guys bring to that. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here and for telling us all about Becker and the services that you guys are doing with her. Um, it's just wonderful how, how much you're spreading uh, her, her joy and her light to all kinds of people. It's wonderful. I'm Kristen Darmafall and I need a counselor. Awesome. So does Emma. I'm Emma Morgan and I need a counselor. Awesome. I'm Julie Johnson and I need a dog like <laughs> Becker. <laughs> I need a therapy dog uh, is, is what I need. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so, so Aww. much. Hi, Becker. <laughs> there she is. Oh my gosh. She's a good girl. <laughs> she She's very inspiring to me as well because when I think about a therapy dog, right, Sometimes in my head, I think like either like golden retriever or like those little lap dogs, right? Yep. That that sit in your lap. And Becker is like the therapy dog that could. Like she's, <laughs> she's she's a gentle giant, right? And she's you know like you said, she's got the floppy ears and the running gait and all of it. And uh and and just that just loves what she does. Um, it's amazing. So. <laughs> She's a good girl. Thank you so much for, for having her on the show and um, for, for letting us see her and, and talk about her. This has been great. Your <laughs> faces are so funny. I know. So if you are um, in, if you are in the Quad Cities area um, and if you are, now what hospital is it that Becker comes and visits? So she primarily is at um, Unity Point at the Bettendorf Trinity Campus. So if you are ever in the Bettendorf area and if you ever have <laughs> reason to be in that hospital, uh, I, I hope that you don't find yourself in the hospital. But if you do, uh, know that you may have a friend there that you will recognize. And, uh, and if you are looking for counseling um, and if you're looking for counseling where you can meet Becker and uh, have a dog in your session, um, give us a call at Heart and Solutions. You can reach us at 800-531-4236.
And like Julie mentioned at the beginning, we post new episodes every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central um, on YouTube. So you can see Becker's face <laughs> or on Spotify or anywhere else where there's podcasts or on our Facebook page. Um, you can listen to us while you're doing laundry or running or walking your dog and we can help convince you to call a counselor that week. And if you have any questions for us, you can reach us on our Facebook page at You Need a Counselor Podcast or on our Instagram at You Need a Counselor Podcast there as well. So I'm Krista Hunt. And I'm Julie Johnson. And we need a counselor. And so do you. Bye. Bye.